to Cinema Beef's State of the Apes address. Uh, I'm your host, Gary Hill, as usual. With me, I have uh, three of my uh, delegates, I guess you would call them. <laughs> uh, first up, uh, my man in Scotland, Mr. Gil Rockatansky. How you doing, sir? I'm very good, Gary. It's, it's nice to be back. <laughs> it's always good to have you, friend. We weren't going to tell people that we did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was our secret. Oh, damn. Oh, second up, my man from the Sausage Fest Reviews and the Terror Troop and award-winning podcaster now, Mr. Wildman Willis Wheeler. What's going on, peeps? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> somebody gave uh, Willis uh Tell them all about it, Willis, your, your major award. Well, somebody actually been paying attention to me on the podcast. So this um website and blogger site... Um, what is it? Jappy Mania had their first annual podcast in the awards, and I was nominated best pod best podcast host, but it was a three way tie, so I still won anyway. So I don't think I'm getting an actual award or anything, but it's it's on somebody's website saying that I'm award winning. So that's all I need to claim it. Beautiful. Never complain about a three-way. <laughs> Unless it's three dudes. I know, right? <laughs> it's just awkward. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> okay. I know one laugh in the background. Uh, the female voice of this group, because we need one of those this time around, is lovely Suzanne Capaletti. How you doing, girl? I'm doing good. 
and I'm still writing for The Basement and possibly another major publication soon. Eh, go, girl. The are emerging. <laughs> so, yeah, we- toot my own horn and congratulations, Willis, on your major award. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm giving you a round of applause. I'm not going to bother standing up because you won't see it. I, I would have never known about it if I had checked my email. <laughs> yeah, you would drop trout and show you how happy you really is, but, you know, you would be able to see it anyway. I'd have to put some on first. <laughs> Real bad podcast naked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, please. Am I the voice of reason again? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Gil's quite intoxicated so far, so... I'm trying to get intoxicated, so this if not, he's on fun. His, if not, he's on his way. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got any salt? Oh. I need some for this tequila. Not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, we're here to talk about it. Not just about old Gil's alcoholism, but we're here to talk about <laughs> The Apes films, uh, as they are right now, you know, from from the older series, and not so in depth, but more more in depth into the newer series. Um, yeah, well, I, I, it's a good 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 check about point here. Um, Gil, what is your relationship with the Apes series like, and as a whole? Uh, it's it's really generally very good. Although uh, you might remember that I said a thing on Facebook last night about how the world has kind of conspired to not let me watch the original three times when I was a kid. <laughs> How was that? It was, uh, I loved it the first time I ever saw it, and it was one of these films that whenever it was coming on, I'd be like, yeah, I have to watch that. And I must have been about five or six, and it was coming on TV on a Sunday afternoon, and we had a little black and white TV, and half an hour before it came on, the television blew, so... We lived in the middle of nowhere. Our nearest neighbour was about two miles away. And I jumped on my bike <laughs> and cycled <laughs> two miles so that I could hopefully go and watch Planet of the Apes. And football was on, so that was the world fucked me up once. And then the second time that it was coming on, the local television transmitter got struck by lightning. So no Planet of the Apes for me again. And then one night when it was coming on, when I was about 16... Myself and a couple of friends decided that before it came on, we would go and grab some beer just to watch a fucking incredible film. And while we were at the shop, an armed siege took place <laughs> outside <laughs> wow. my friend's flat. So we couldn't get back in. And we had to stand there and watch the armed siege, which was quite entertaining, but it wasn't Planet of the Apes. <laughs> but yeah, I love all the films. I own them in multiple copies. Beautiful. Um, Suzanne, what's your relationship with the Ape series? Well, I have to admit, when I was younger, I really didn't care for it. But about 10 years ago, I kicked back and watched the original. And I was absolutely just blown away by the social study that it actually was. And then I watched Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. I probably watched this completely out of order, but I don't care. And then Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and there is one more that I'm drawing a blank on. Which was anybody? Uh, uh, Battle of the Planet of the Apes. Battle of the Planet of the Apes. Thank you. Battle beneath, escape, uh, conquest, and battle. 
Okay, I missed it's a bit, two. It's a better twice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. The original, then Beneath, then Escape, then Conquest, then Battle. I mean, I was just, there you go. I was, I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the series of movies. And then I made the mistake of watching Tim Burton's take on Planet of the Apes, and mm. I was not a happy camper. It was just complete bullshit. It was a terrible movie with terrible actors acting terribly. And I watched a little bit of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the newest one. I just, it's not the same for me. That's my problem with the newer ones. It's just not the same. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Brother Willis, what about you, man? Well, when I was coming up, them joints used to be showed on the TV all the time. Because I remember the cartoon. I remember them showing reruns of the Starry TV show back in the day. So apes always been in my life. And I'm not yeah. even talking about the apes at work. <laughs> Stop talking you corkily. That's very mean, Willis. Come on now. I don't give a damn. <laughs> uh, me, I, I saw Spaceballs first. That was my first introduction introduction to any of the Planet of the Apes because you got that great scene at the end where they're all coming out of the the mega made uh, spacecraft and they do the whole take on you know look Spaceballs. Well, shit, there goes the planet. That kind of deal. So that was my first introduction to the apes. As a whole, you know, and I never did know what the hell it was because I was like 10 and, you know, I never seen any of that stuff. But I became a Twilight Zone fan first when I found out that like Rod Serling. What? I'm sorry. Uh, Rod Serling wrote the original and you know what a big Rod Serling fan I am. Mm-hmm. As am I. And that's what drew me to the original series to watch that. Or else I probably would have never would have because it's, it's, it's sci-fi. It's not really my bag at the time when I watched these films. But then I, uh. Watched the first one with a uh, Charlton Heston, who I think is a great actor. You know, don't don't you know pass his political views. You know, say what you want about the man, but he's been in some decent stuff. And um, I really liked it. I really liked you know. And then it, pr- it progressed on to to me watching the sequels, which some of them are kind of good. I think the second one lacks some things, but if you don't watch the second one, you don't know what's going on in the fifth one, and blah 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 blah. blah you know, and it's just r- random stuff and. But uh, the first series treated you pretty good. I, I like the the next ones better, and we'll get into that in just a little while here. But as far as the films go, I caught them when I was like, I'd say early 20s. And I, I, I own the Blu-rays. I sold my DVDs, but I, uh, I got them in high definition. That's always a good thing. Definitely. Was it a bit spoilerific seeing that take on the end of the film in Spaceballs and then watching the film? Well, you know, once I saw it in context, you know, in the original film, I, I got the reference. So, me not understanding the reference in Spaceballs, it was just kind of there. It's like, wow, what are these apes doing on the beach, you know, riding horses? And then, you know, that's that was the thing. And, yeah. So, me not knowing what the reference was didn't really hurt my, my thought on the ending of the original one. Because they've fucked it up now. It's on the cover. Every single time you buy Planet of the Apes. The cover yeah. is the Statue of Liberty in Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it, how many movies or TV shows have done a parody of, you know, the head of the Statue of Liberty and horses on the beach? I mean, I can think of several that have used that reference. I mean, how iconic is it that it's still it's still used? Well, the Simpsons has the most spectacular Planet of the Apes reference ever. 
in, in my opinion. <laughs> Troy McClure is the astronaut, and uh, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, that deal, you know, it makes, makes you laugh every time I see it, it, no matter how many times, and epic, epic one, epic reference in that, that episode. But um, besides that, I think Futurama's done it, but another Mac Raining show, of course, and there's been tons of references that I can't really get into right now, but you guys remember one, hit me up and let me know any plenty of references that you see in, in inspired by television and film. Well, there must be hundreds. There, no, there must, I know, must be so many. I can't. I can think of several, but I can't tell you one off the top of my head right now. <laughs> but it's just, it's one of those images that the second you see that, you just, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. To the Wikipedia page. <laughs> to the Wikipedia page, definitely, yeah. Isn't it? So, um... Yeah, I, I think this is as we talked about in just in a really terrible way. Um, where do you guys think the Burton film went wrong? Uh, Suzanne, start with you. You seem like you, you disliked it the most. It was just bad storytelling. I we can start at the story. It and like I said, the actors. It it just seemed like everybody slept sleepwalked through it. Slept walked whatever. <laughs> it just the apes were too. CGI, there was no humanness to them like there was in the original movies. If I'm wrong, you you guys speak up. Tell me. The apes weren't CGI in the Burton film. They no. they they seemed like it. They they do seem like it, but even the running, they did that. They did it quite cleverly, and this is this is really annoying because I absolutely fucking despise the Tim Burton film. But the behind-the-scenes stuff's quite interesting if you want to see how to make a really shockingly bad film. <laughs> I don't know. Tim Burton, he's one of those guys, he hits and he misses. But when he misses, oh, he's pretty much going to knock himself out, hitting himself on the back of the head with a bat. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Gil, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, the Burton one just just sucks. I actually... As I was leaving the cinema, bumped into a friend who I didn't know was there. And the first thing I said was, what the fuck have they done to one of my favorite films of all time? <laughs> they utterly just destroyed it. And I think the problem was that they, they shoehorned in all these references, like, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty human. And just so many fucking horrible, horrible just overuse of just... Shite upon shite, and the fact is, the, the story is so dull. The story has no substance to it at all, really. It ends up like a fucking soap opera. It's like Days of Apes Lives or some shit like that. <laughs> I own the double disc DVD. I have never watched the film since I bought it. Only the extras, and I only bought it because it was about two pounds. Mm. So yeah, Tim Burton can just. Fuck off. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. You pointed out, you know, some of this. You pointed out everything that's wrong with it. That's just everything. <laughs> it I mean, it's, it's a bad movie. It's it's so thin. It's as I really seriously thought it was CGI because it was so unrealistic looking. Yeah. I uh, agree to disagree, man, in, in, in some ways. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Willis, what about you, man? I was done when they had the um, monkeys trying to do the striptease love scene. Once I seen that part, I was like, <laughs> fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
This movie was just bad. You know this movie was bad to me. I didn't even bother to collect any of the action figures for it. Yeah, you were a collector of uh, random toys, definitely. And Yep. <laughs> I even bought the giant size Zilla before I even bought any action figures for Planet of the Apes. <laughs> wow. I don't oh, boy. know. It just was a soulless attempt, even though the makeup effects was great. But the story was just bad, and Mark Wahlberg wasn't at his acting chops like he is now that he done got several years of acting. It was like, come on, bro. We got to save these humans from these monkeys, bro. We got to do it, bro. (laughs) The breakdance fight at the end was just utterly pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) I think pathetic is putting it kindly. It was... Sad. <laughs> See, I'm going to be that guy that says that he sort of likes that Planet of the Apes film, and I don't know why, but there's there's certain stuff about it. And if you listen to the We Hate Movies podcast, they did a whole show about the, the Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes movie, and they put a lot of stuff into context for me that made me want to go back and watch it again and see all the little references that they were talking about. And I, I have fun with certain characters in this film. I really, I really like... I like. I can't hate Tim Roth. I'm sorry. This, this is a rule of mine. And I really like him as Thade in this movie. I thought he was kind of neat, and he. Liked his, I liked his makeup quite a bit. But like you said, he kind of went down like a bitch at the end with the breakdance fighting. It's not entertaining like it is in Zoolander. See, so he has yeah. the breakdance fighting. At least Zoolander had some moments of entertainment in it. <laughs> yep. I, I like Paul Giamatti the ape. Uh, he, he was a. Uh, he was pretty funny. I don't know, but as far as this plot goes, uh, Mark Wahlberg was rather lame in this movie. Come on, guys. These apes, man. These apes. No, I don't know. I could do a Mark Wahlberg impression for Save My Life, but you know. Yeah, the Boston it's... accent didn't help. <laughs> There's this great uh, segment on Saturday Live we did. Uh, Andy Sandberg did. Mark Wahlberg talks to animals, and it's just him talking to random animals about nothing. Go see Andy Mother for me. You know, shit like that, you know, and. I don't, I don't know why, but that made me laugh my ass off. Just him randomly talking to animals, but um, it was it was pretty worthless of a film, and there was a lot of you know human revolution going on, but there was like twelve of them, and it wasn't going to happen. And Helena Bottom Carter's and everything he does, and she's pretty worthless in this movie too. And, and then the end, the Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston is in that movie, yes. <laughs> and then um, the ending is pretty worthless, and that that there's something about a movie I could watch a movie like like that. Even films I've talked about April Fool's Day on other shows, and where I can really enjoy a movie, like even even halfway enjoy a movie until the end, it just takes a big shit, and then I hate that movie for life. This movie had that effect on me. Like I'm gonna watch this movie, I'm gonna try to enjoy it, and also the end happened where it's it's ape Abe Lincoln and <laughs> ape cops and ape blah blah blah. No, it's no, I don't need this. Ape Lincoln. <laughs> ape. <laughs> ape Lincoln. Yes. That's actually from the, Willis might remember it, from the, the animated series. They had, like, William Apes Spear. Right. And stuff like that. Like uh, They would just take names from history and just rejig them to have ape in them. Yeah. That's the only one I can remember at the moment. But I'm pretty sure they probably would have had Ape Lincoln. <laughs> Why not? Ape Lincoln uh, freed the apes. Oh, no, he didn't. That, that, was, that, was, uh, that was somebody else who <laughs> freed the apes. In the conquest of the Planet of the Apes, those crazy uh, prison riot apes, you know. 
you know the Which biggest is... the biggest mistake that Tim Burton made was the the social commentary the the original series just got so fucking spot on he just did turn it into this really really crappy political drama instead you know it was just a couple of people that were having a problem there was there was no scale to it like you didn't really even believe the ape city would have been that big but uh, yeah the burton film really shit the bed in the end and you know that 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 does it for any film for me it really shits the bed in the end and i'll never go back to it and i really haven't come back to this one except for that one time and It'll still sit on the shelf, and I'll watch Quest for Fire because it came with a two-pack Quest for Fire in that movie, and I'll yeah, watch Quest for Fire. But it uh, was there. You, know, you got Quest for Fire with the addition of Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. So you take uh, Ron Perlman raping Radon Chung, or uh, Planet of the Apes from Tim Burton, where he rapes Charlton, he- rapes uh, Rod Serling's <laughs> work. I don't know which rape I like better, but you know, probably Ron Perlman raping Radon Chung in this opinion, this man's opinion. We always take that nasty turn, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Bring it into rape. Why not, you know? Raping Serling's dead corpse, you know, by ruining his his work and, you know, all that good stuff. I knew this was going to come up, so whatever. (laughs) I'm just hoping that if time travel does ever happen to somebody, they will just go back and stop Tim Burton making that film. Even if that's the only thing that's ever achieved from time travel, it'll be justifiable. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 on repeat for a year than have to take that piece of shit out of the box and disgrace my fucking PlayStation with having to insert it into it. What about Silent Night, Deadly Night 5? I'm actually just considering taking the disc and putting it on top of a cup in the oven for about an hour just so I can have a Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes disc one ashtray. (laughs) (laughs) Only problem is then it has a hole in the middle. Crafts done easy with Gil Rakatansky. Yeah. (laughs) My main hint is let it cool down before you take it off whatever you've put it on. Oh, that's good advice. That's sound advice, man. It doesn't look hot, but it burns the fuck out your fingertips. (laughs) Loves. Come on, gloves, yeah, see? This is why we have a woman around to to tell us these things. Now we need some craft (laughs) advice from Willis. (laughs) Any any craft tips for us? Any craft tips? Make sure you wear your safety goggles. (laughs) See? Protect your eyesight and your fingertips. My craft craft tip is never take a hot glue on your nipples. It might burn a little bit. No matter what the woman tells you to do in bed, don't put the hot glue gun on your nipples because, you know, it, it burns. And you wax is all right. With <laughs> wax, candles, oh wait, never mind, that's a different nothing. <laughs> Bedazzle that shit. All right, not. Nah. <laughs> oh, man. That's it's another like, film that got fucked up by a remake. <laughs> oh, I love Liz, really. I can't help these things. But uh, we're not talking about that right now. Uh, let's take a segue into where the series went as the prequels started to happen. Uh, in Rise, uh, we had this, in, in, my, in my opinion, a great way to start this series, yeah, where you gave it a, a reason for these apes to be the way they are, which in turn you got a scientist, played by James Franco, who's trying to invent a cure for Alzheimer's because his, his daddy, John Lithgow, has it. And, uh, of course, they tested on the apes in a lab, and it makes uh, the apes 
more smart than they really than they really should be. And yeah, and uh, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, really. Which turns out to be uh, very bad for the human race because when he creates a second uh, version of this, because the first version kind of fades away, and uh, it, it makes the apes even more smart, and it fucks up the human and cre- creates the simian flu, which we see the more devastation of in the second film. But, um, you know, uh, they all break out in a magical last 40 minutes of this film. Uh, what do you think about this one, uh, Willis? Which one are we talking about? We talking about Rise, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, right. the one before the new one. Okay, I was amazed how good the movie was going to be. I was like, well, this is Planet of the Apes. Even though I like most of them, most of them are hokey movies. But this one actually has some kind of heart to it. And anything with Andy Serkis doing the uh, motion capture for it, you know that joint going to be A+++. plus plus. Unless it's like three hours long and it's called King Kong. You know. See? I think a little bored of that movie. They could have trimmed all the fat with all the people and left more of King Kong and Fay Ray instead of um, all the impersonal stuff. All they could have did was just left. They could have spent 10 minutes on the boat and most of the movie on the island and the last 20 minutes in New York and called it a movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was a little long. <laughs> I don't want to say about that. But... When it comes to Jack Black, there's a lot of fat to trim. No! <laughs> I don't enjoy fat jokes, sir, and I'm playing. You can tell about fat jokes all you want to. No. I'm a chunky monkey, but it just, it's just more to, more to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gil, what did you think about the the first installment there well the tim burton one had me quite worried but yeah willis is right whenever you stick andy circus and some motion capture stuff and get weta digital to just i was gonna say go ape shit on it but that would just be too cheesy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it just really really worked i thought it was (laughs) it was the best that i've ever seen for CGI-based characters at that time, and it it still stands up really well at the moment. It's it's just a fucking perfectly done film, and it it does have heart, and you do kind of become invested in the characters. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Suzanne. Well, I'll be honest. I'm gonna have to go back and give it a rewatch. I watched it, and to be honest, it it just really didn't hold my interest. And this is totally me nothing else i i really didn't think that they could add anything to the canon of planet of the apes by doing the prequel and hearing what you guys have said about it i may have to go and reform my opinion so you've scored a rewatch out of me with what you have said beautiful i'm glad we could inspire you to to, to rewatch this uh this very decent film yeah, this film for me, with the, the, I guess I think it came out the summer, I think, or I forget when it came out exactly, but August. people kept asking, uh, yeah, people kept telling me, like, have you seen new, new, new films lately? No, well, I watched that Planet of the Apes movie again, you know, and I keep saying I watched the Planet of the Apes movie again because I watched it a lot. I probably watched it about ten times in that year altogether between theater, video, and then, of course, you know, I'm not shying away from bootleg sometimes. Every once in a while, somebody gives one to me, I'll, I'll look at it sometimes. They got my money already, so I don't feel too bad. But I watched this one a lot because I uh, I enjoyed uh, the story of it. I enjoyed uh, fr- uh, the, the, the Franco's uh, relationship with Caesar. Nothing cooler than a man and his monkey. 
Ella BJ and the Bear, man. You know, that's a movie I want to see. I want to see Caesar and Franco in a truck together just driving, you know. Oh, wait, you can. Clint Eastwood had, had every which way but loose and any which way you can. You can't go wrong with a with a dude and his monkey. Yeah, there you go. Yep, there are two films that I love as well. I'm starting to think I've just got a, a bit of a simian fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my monkey. Yeah, the, the, this movie, though, I uh, it, it hits me in a weird way because, you know, you had the whole idea, which reminds me of the, especially the scene where they, they find out that Caesar has been born is in the, in, in, the, in the cage. It reminds me of that scene in Dumbo and I get sad all over again. Because there's that scene in Dumbo where Dumbo's mother attacks violently; she's to be taken away. And you know, I'm, I'm only I'm only a man. I, I have emotions, you know. I, I get I get certain certain scenes they make me sad in films. And that scene in Dumbo where she's singing to her baby it throws me off every time. You're you're I'm sad. feeling the well. Nobody cries at that. I don't cry. I just feel something. Okay, and that, that's uh. You know, oh, God, no, boohooing like a baby, isn't it? No, I don't. Maybe when I was like eight, you know. Oh, you cry. Just admit it. Yeah, Certain well, things, man. It, it'll be much easier that way. Yeah, well, I'm only a man, you know. I can't help these things. Man, so man like the doctor, man like the when he cries all the way. So remember that, Suzanne, okay? <laughs> Bust that. Well, I've never oh. seen Bambi because I don't like to cry. Uh, it's all right. Our mom dies off camera. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see it. I don't want to see it. I don't even want to see the intention of it. I don't. No. It's not like the Lion King, okay, where, you know, he falls off the cliff and, you know, you see everything. Yeah, and I've seen the Lion King a hundred times. What the hell is wrong with me? (laughs) Bambi's mom dying isn't the bit that makes you cry. It's Thumper. Well, it's the forest fire and Thumper and what's the, the... No! Fuck that noise. Hell no. <laughs> Why would I intentionally want to make myself feel bad? No. I want a fuck Bambi t-shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> the same reason why we always go back to old Yeller, okay? That dog dies at the end, then he gets a replacement dog in the end, okay? I've never seen it, but I've seen Marley and me, and I did have a wee tear in my at the end of that. I watched the first hour of Marley, Marley and Me, and it was great. And then when things started getting sad, I'm like, fuck this, turn the channel. <laughs> I enjoyed an hour of the movie, and I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, my, my point is that dogs are, are, are replaceable, because, you know, when Old Yeller got shot in the end because he caught the rabies, you know, he got a replacement Yeller dog, and he was just as happy. So, you know, yet Yeller had no, no uh, uh, destitution of this boy to say, okay... That's my dog. Nothing to replace my dog. Apparently, some of the dog can because he was real happy at the end of that movie. <laughs> Just don't watch the bit where it dies. That's what to do. Just skip the bit where the dog dies and put Kuju on. <laughs> so he needs to make a fan edit, see? Yeah. <laughs> no, I still had hoped that Kuju would just end up eating the mom and her kid. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just- just D. Wallace and a comatose Danny Pintaro. That's all you need sometimes, you know? Yeah. Don't hurt the dog. Just let it. Just, just a little nibble. You can get eight shots in your stomach and be fine. That would explain the end of the howling. I just started out there, okay? Yeah. Because she looked kind of like a Pekingese at the end of that movie. 
Oh, she was way too cute looking. It was like I wanted to go pat her head and give her a little dog treat. (laughs) Why did they have to make her so sexy? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's Dee Wallace. Of course they had to make her sexy and cute. Gil's a furry. He just admitted this on my show. I'm just learning this now. (laughs) Is this like some sort of secret intervention? (laughs) Gil was the blowy in The Shining when the guy had the bear costume on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I don't even get these tangents. I blame Rockatansky for this. You always blame uh, me. I can't. When in doubt, blame the Scotsman, okay? I, I don't care, man. Oh, no, I've told everybody that I blame you for ruining the Warriors for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've actually had people stop and look at me and go, well, great, thanks. Like, it's not my <laughs> fault. Go find Gil Rokitansky and blame him. <laughs> the Warriors, they could have got home so much cheap, so much quicker if they just chipped in for a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> And Starship Troopers, I fucked that one up for you as well. Yes, yes, you did. It was a false flag operation due to the arseholdness of Denise Richards' character, Carmen, was it Carmen Vasquez? (laughs) Very, very Hispanic, not Hispanic person. Yeah, Yeah, and, oh yeah, like, uh, what what the fuck was his name? He looks so Hispanic, too. Johnny Rico? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oh, Casper Diem? Is that the most non-Hispanic sounding name ever? <laughs> I know, like the the population of Buenos Aires just seems to look hell of a Californian in that film. <laughs> All right, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll leave this one. You know, any final thoughts on the the the, the one before the new one, guys? Um, my final thought is it came at a time when people was complaining about C- CG characters had no heart. And this movie gave a CG character real heart. It hasn't been like that since Gollum. So I guess since it's basically the same person doing effects for it, you could tell. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, Gil, sorry. Yeah, and Franco uh, was halfway decent. Yeah, Franco's good. I like Franco a lot, actually. Yep. And, Even being silly. And this circus really good when you can't see his face. I like him in stuff where you can see his face. I know, but he excels when you can. <laughs> Just imagine that man goes to work and every day he has to put on a blue suit covered in balls. <laughs> Not everyone can put that in their CV. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I, I really I was surprised how much I really, really enjoyed Rise of the Planet of the Apes and it's it's just really enjoyable. Suzanne should go back and definitely check it out because... It doesn't try and do what the original films did, and that's probably the smartest thing they could do because, you know, Tim Burton tried that and obviously it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah don't go back and watch it, Suzanne, because um, I, um, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the evolution, uh, no pun intended, of, of the characters, you know, because they go from a smart ape to super smart ape to ape revolutionary within those two hours and the last 35 minutes, like I said, if anybody wants to watch this, once the apes break out of their, their, their respective cages and sanctuaries, they start tearing up shit. It is a wonderful 40 minutes of film to watch. And I, I, I really like it. And I think that, uh, <laughs> a gorilla throwing a manhole cover through a cop car window is something to behold. 
Oh, that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, you haven't even, you haven't even mentioned the helicopter. Fuck oh yeah, that, right? that's that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's in the preview, I think. Yeah. When uh, he pulls the whole uh, <laughs> well, who, who does? I don't even know. But the gorilla flies off the roof and lands on the helicopter uh, leg, and that was a uh, spectacular. Yeah, I'm gonna give F- it a recall. full of references as well. If you really yeah. like the originals, there's loads of references, even to the the launch of Charlton Heston's character's ship is on the news in the background. Oh, I never noticed that. Look for that now. Yeah, and then even uh, the update that has gone missing, that they've lost contact with it, and uh, that guy from the Harry Potter films that's in it. Uh, I can't remember his name, so Hardly Potter. I'll just call him Hardly Potter. He, <laughs> he does the It's a Madhouse it's a madhouse line from the original as well, and there's just so many things. Apparently, one they had one reference that you never see, and that is that in the building there was a coffee shop called Nova. Oh, okay. No way. So they 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 pulled a Dawn of the Dead remake thing where they called the clothing store Galen Wa- Galen Ross, and you know stupid stuff like that. <laughs> yep. And I'll definitely be getting around to rewatching, and I'll post on this on this thread how I felt about the second time around. Okay. I need to redeem myself in Suzanne's eyes, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, past all the, the animal death in films and uh, our sort of reviews of the, the older ones, I wasn't planning on doing, like, a whole in-depth review of each film, so this, this kind of worked out this way. Just to give our brief overview, overview of the previous ones, we'll go into our review of our our, our our spoiler somewhat review of the new one because it's kind of hard not to spoil some things and we apologize ahead of time suzanne oh, and uh it's not gonna stop me from watching the movie if i deem it worthy fair enough but uh in this new one uh the apes have their own sanctuary going on that they've built over the past 10 winters where they haven't seen a human being but when human beings uh miraculously show up because they want to revive this dam because they're almost out of fuel and they uh to to live basically and they're going to get this dam going on but it happens to be in the apes domain so they have to make a truce with the apes to get this thing going on so they get to live uh free and uh, have electricity while they're at it so they can uh live all together and then of course stuff happens and um alliances are uh tested between the between apes and you know human sympathizers and all kinds of crazy stuff and, uh, yeah, machine guns on horseback. Apes, go! Rakitansky, what'd you think about it, man? Uh, I absolutely fucking loved it. I I can't say how much I loved it at all, because there aren't words for when you've enjoyed something that much. I just thought it was an incredibly well-put-together film, and the, the heavy use of sign language and subtitles... Uh, I just wasn't expecting that when I went into it, and the the character development. I mean, the fact that it only there's only what well, Rocket carries over from the previous one, Caesar, uh, Cornelia, Caesar's wife, and Maurice, and that's that's it pretty much. Apart from uh, oh, what's his name, Boca. Mm-hmm. So, so you really don't have like a massive link to the first film, but they do flow perfectly into each other because this starts the exact same way as the previous one ends. And even though you can kind of see what's coming up 
and it's not a surprise how things play out. It's just done so incredibly well that the just I was totally blown away by it. I'm going to see it again on Tuesday, and I'm going to see it in the 3D. Beautiful, uh, Willis. You weren't uh, you weren't too down for this one altogether. From from what I from what I gather, I like we do. I we disagree. We disagree on the purge, you know. But go, tell us all about your your thoughts on it. I like the movie. I enjoyed it a lot. But as I was watching the movie and watching it and watching it, I realized how much it was a remake of Battle of the Planet of the Apes. But they won't admit it because how many people hate that particular movie in the series. So that's my only pro- main problem with the movie. That and the CGI wasn't that great in the um with the gor- monkeys and the gorillas because you couldn't see their actual fur and stuff moving. They should have never brought them out in the light. They should have always kept them in the dark to hide that inconsistency. Yeah, see, I I, I kind of disagree. You know, going to see the the fur and stuff, and I, I I'd like to see that. But you can tell they've been damaged from all these years of living, living in destitution because you can see Caesar's chest. It was like pretty much you saw the bone and like he, he lost a lot of his fur and all that good stuff. So the fact that you didn't see it, you know, blowing in the wind, I guess, when they were on horseback and all that stuff and craziness, it really didn't do much for me because I could tell that they've been damaged from all the years of living in destitution because they really didn't have much going on except for, um, you know, living in, you know, squalor, living in their, their wooden houses and all that stuff, and I lost Gil. That's okay. He'll be back. Here he is. And, um, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I like I like the way the story went. I, I like the way the story, the story progressed, you know, where Caesar was, much like he was in battle, like you said, still still was able to tolerate humans if he, if he met them, and he finally got to see some humans after 10 winters, and he was still, he was being that strong leader, but at the same time, he didn't not trust humans all the way because he had such a relationship with James Franco in the first film. So, you know, this this uh, created some tension in between the ranks, and I really love the class system in this one that they tried to pull off, you know, because in the original ones you had the gorillas who were, like, the, the war people, and you, you were, like, generals and stuff. You had the um, the chimpanzees who were, like, the peaceful, like, the pacifists in a lot of ways. You had the orangutans who were the smart ones, and you kind of saw that in this one because the, uh, the one orangutan, the, 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 the big mother, you know, he... Um, he he seemed like he was uh knew everything that was going on, but he sympathized with Caesar, of course. So when Akoba t- pulled his uh, Shakespearean thing, of course his name is Caesar. So we all know that knows what happened to Caesar in in, in, in uh, Julius Caesar. He gets uh fucked by one not not literally fucked, but you know k- killed <laughs> killed by one of his constituents, in which you know Kogo would be his, his Brutus, and he uh. Gets a hold of a gun and he he uh, shoots Caesar and blames it on the humans. This starts their whole rampage and I love I love when that happens because like oh shit it's gonna go down now. They're gonna invade their camp and tear shit up. And uh, when that happens, it's, it's just like that last forty minutes of that first movie. Like yeah, this is gonna be magical. Just apes riding on horseback with machine guns, just killing people. And oh man, it was very Helm's Deep towards the end there too. I lo- I love that part of the movie. Well, yeah, they're 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 giant tower. They're they're just waiting for them to come, and 
Gary Gary Oldman, get me the rocket launcher. I love it, man. I, I love I love this movie, and I I can't I can't praise it enough. I'm gonna go see it again too. You know? Well, hell, if I could get my hands, when are you gonna go see it again? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe sometime next week between Lucy and everything else. You know. All right. Well, if I get around to watching Rise again, um, let me know when you're going. I may come and join you for the movie. Okay, I will do that. Um. That's yeah, going on, I'm sorry. The I was going to say about the the fur the they're they're quite moist as well, so the fur is kind of a little bit matted together, so it wouldn't be moving, you know, because they're they're they seem to be kind of constantly living in a damp area, so it wouldn't kind of blow in the breeze, and if it did, it might even end up just being that little bit too distracting. When they needed to use the fur, they did, but for the most part, they kind of kept them soggy. They were moist monkeys. <laughs> moist monkeys. <laughs> oh, great. Now I've got like a new thing stuck in my head. Moist monkeys. Thanks, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Bambi. Bring on the moist monkeys. <laughs> that sounds like my monkeys, man. Nice and moist, you know. <laughs> Bestiality. No, I don't know. <laughs> Technically, you were relatives. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I wouldn't put it down, you know, but... Only if the monkey was willing and I was ready to go and I was extra drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I hate this thing. Uh, I just played. But uh, Willis, uh, what's your response to the to, to the moist monkeys comment, man? Well, I seen Rocket Raccoon get moist and wet in the trailer for um, Guardians of the Galaxy and his fur moved, so... And his he his detail was ten times better than the detail in Planet of the Apes. Even the the Transformers movie had better detail in the characters than they did in this movie. I think what the problem was they emphasized more on the facial structure of the characters more than the body and the um the, the um autonomy of the ape. So that kind of threw me off. I guess because I was. Well, it didn't come at in IMAX 3D, so I watched it in regular 3D, which was kind of odd. You figured that movie would have been in IMAX, but I guess they didn't want to do it. But other than that, and too many callbacks to Battle for the Planet Apes kind of pissed me off once I realized what was going on at the end of the movie. But I don't think it's bad. I'm done, man. I don't want to get too spoiler-heavy in this film, but there's a lot of cool stuff that happens in this film. And I'd, I'm curious to see... What's going to happen next? Because at the very end, of course, Gary Ullman pulls up beneath the Planet of the Apes and he, he blows up the tower that all the all the apes are on. But he, they found an internet connection somehow and they called in reinforcements to help the to help stop the ape uh, resi- help stop the ape uh, uprising, I guess. They called in forces from the north and those people were on the way, obviously, because that's what he said. So the next film, I don't know what the, what's going to happen. If the apes are going to get more organized and, you know start some shit with the people that are coming because apparently they got a fuckload of guns there from 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 fema of all places which bothered me about this movie why the fuck would fema send you guns yeah you know? exactly it was kind of uh, fema aren't they supposed to provide you know like housing no but the way they were talking like they had they had this whole arsenal in this film of all these guns and rocket launchers and crazy mini guns and all this stuff anything that could, that could probably supply a whole army supposedly FEMA gave them all these items or they left them behind. I mean, this is what they said. So that's about, 
if I had to pick a flaw in the movie, that would be it. Why, I, why, I why would Peter say you guns? I figured it out. It's uh, because when everybody was dying, there was uh, like just complete chaos and martial law and everything. So obviously they were going to have to try and protect the the people who weren't infected. Like the the quarantine zones where nobody had the disease. So they would obviously have to be armed. Get away from me, you sick fuck. So there's, there's uh, three prequel short movies that are up on the internet called Before the Dawn, and there's one of them that just deals about a, a father and his daughter going to see the sick mother, and then there's another one where it's it's basically just showing you how things are. And there's one that's just about how a gun moves from hand to hand over the decade between the the simian flu breaking out and the end of it. They're all actually pretty good, worth checking out before the film. Oh yeah, I, I haven't even know those things were even up there, so I'll have to give those a look and maybe go see the film again. If uh, Suzanne is willing, I'll, I'll go see it again. You know, I don't care. Alright, cool. Yeah, Pat's out for two weeks, I'm bored. <laughs> okay. Alright, uh, yeah, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think the series is going to go, Willis? I was curious about that, just to ask you. Well, where I think this series is going to go, uh, probably with the military coming in and trying to tear up the apes, or maybe we'll start seeing the humans revert back to being Neanderthals. Maybe they'll go down the road maybe 20 or 30 years more down the road. They're going to de-evolve like in Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> well, they de-evolved in the um, original series. Yeah, I guess That's so. You're right. Really interesting to see humans devolving. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be something. Definitely. I, I would like to see some, some ape, uh, not see some ape human action, but I'd like to see <laughs> if, you know, what that would look like. I don't know. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think this series is going to go, Gil? Uh, I'm hoping that since this film they made a pretty good attempt at redoing Battle, which is my least favourite of the original five, that they will now do a take on Beneath Planet of the Apes and we'll get a story about an area where humans do still have full capabilities and everything and it will all eventually lead up to the the nuclear destruction that that we kind of expect is going to happen at some point. Yeah, because you know we've got to be a superpower. We got to kill uh kill the ape opposition. You know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but that's a cool thought, Gil, because they really utilized their their nuclear capabilities on these uh this monkey threat, this ape threat. You know, and I don't know, Su- Suzanne, you didn't see the last one, so uh, just a, just a, out of curiosity, from what all well what we said. Where do you, think the, do you think the series is going to go next? I don't know. I'm kind of down. I'd like to see, you know, at least two more movies. One where, you know, the majority of what's left of the human population devolves, but there's still this set of people that are still, you know, highly functioning. And, you know, it, it, it's all going to culminate into a big war. I'd like Each to see side, more. Bring me war. having a caste system. That kind of thing. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, I would love to see some dissension in the ranks. Like maybe like they split into camps and you know they break up basically the the ape the ape population. Like you know the people that were on uh, 
Koga's side and then and, and this one go their own way and the ones that are on Caesar's side go their own way and then when the human threat comes see how they come together and that that sounds because there was still a few a lot of them still on Koga's side at the end there especially when you see the awesome fight I love I love ape hand-to-hand combat in this movie because when Koga and Caesar go at it they 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 throw down and it's, it's a wonderful thing to watch yeah I'm you know I'm really really I'm I'm really stoked. I want to go back and rewatch Rise because I mean it could have been a mood thing and it could have been me and you know how puritanical like I get when it comes to remakes, revamps, reboots and I could have just been a, a bitch that day instead of fuck this, I'm not watching it. I'm I'm going to half watch it. And I'm going to point out everything that's wrong with it. And now I really want to go back and you know try to shut that part of my brain off. And just try to enjoy it. I know people who don't like it just because they hate James Franco, and those people are stupid. You know, I, James Franco, I really, <laughs> I, I could give a shit about him. I really liked him in Freaks and Geeks, if that means anything. Oh yeah, you and me and about ten other people when that show was on television watched it, and you know. Yeah, until it got canceled, and then everybody came out of the woodwork screaming for it. So I think it's when Apple. on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've watched I, the series. I can practically recite episodes. I think when Apatow became a thing, that's when that film, that that show came to light more. You know, when Judd Apatow became a thing. Yeah, and I have to admit, I watched the forty-year-old virgin a few nights ago and laughed my damn ass off. <laughs> hey, Miles used to drive a whole runner too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, the Ape series. I, I hope I hope it continues on for at least three or four, two two or three more films. And because it hasn't got stale so far for me, and that's hard to do with the sequel. To, you know, of course it's a sequel, so it's got to be more bigger and, and more action. And this one it did the same thing like, like Will said. It'd been re- I mean, like Gil said, it'd be really weird to, to have apes just making noises with subtitles. They played it real smart, but then really having a way to communicate with each other. You know, by using sign language and. That's a that's a thing that I've uh, loved since Project X, not the shitty party movie, but the one with Matthew Broderick, you know. And Helen yeah. Hunt. And Helen, and the very yeah, she was cute back in the day, man. I can't take these things, <laughs> but uh, she was very cute back in the day, and I'm looking Bye. forward to that tra- the Transfers <laughs> Blu-ray coming out. <laughs> yes, trans- Transfers, yes, indeed. Oh God, I haven't watched Transfers in way more years than I care to admit. <laughs> I've still not seen Transfers 1.5 yet. That's not bad. But um, yeah, just um, what was I gonna say? I, I really hope this series goes far. I mean, I, I'm sure this one, this one's making money. It's the number one, number one film of the country right now, and in, in anything in the world. No, actually, actually, what's the number one film, Willis? Transformers. Well, making money. I'm talking about like at, at this point in, in the box office, you know, running. Still Transformers because they still haven't opened up everywhere yet. Oh, fuck Transformers. <laughs> oh, you heard, you heard his feelings. Come on now, don't talk about it like that. That's got that guy from that shit Planet of the Apes film in it. <laughs> I hate Transformers and I hate Michael Bay. Watch Pain and Gain and shut up. That's a good movie. <laughs> Pain and Gain's one of the most offensive movies in the entire world. Yeah, but it means to be, and that's what I like about it. And it actually happened in real life, so it made matters even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my oh, whole point I, for hitting I, I it. I was just supposed to, you know, tell me stuff about it, so I'll, I'll be, you know, really happy in my stance. I'm not well, going to watch the damn thing, but now it's like the most offensive thing ever. 
Wow. Well, 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 well Pain and Gain is about three douchebag bodybuilders who decide to kidnap a guy and uh, basically extort all of his money out of him. But they're just so douchey. And it's, just so, it's such a douchey film, and they're so douchey in it that it makes it kind of wonderful <laughs> because they, they, they play douchebags so well in the film. and like like It's like cartoon character douchebag. And, oh, you know, wow. It's got a really good comedic scene in it where they accidentally run over the man's head and he doesn't die. <laughs> right? And that's really, really funny until you find out that that's actually true. The guy Tony Shalhoub was head. indestructible in this film. But it's Tony true. Tony in it? Yes. <laughs> indestructible. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I thought you guys were my friends. I thought you were going to say, no, don't watch it. Don't waste your time. No, you're like egging me on. Go, go watch it. It's on Netflix. I know go, it's on Netflix. Go watch, go watch Pain and Gain and tell me what you think about it. Seriously, you will y'all. enjoy that movie. <laughs> this, that's Rock's best performances in that movie. <laughs> oh my god! I, well, at least I know what I'm going to watch while I'm making dinner tonight. Okay. I just, I just figured out that Willis has never watched The Tooth Fairy. Oh no! <laughs> or The Tooth Fairy too, for that matter. Oh, God. Uh, what? Starring Larry the Cable Guy. Cool. You know, come on now. <laughs> they should have called it the Tooth Fairy Tutu. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm going to end that here. Um, anything else you guys want to say about it? You know, leave, leave some comments on the Cinema Beef page. <laughs> and I'm going to leave you guys to it after we uh, talked about the apes and other things and this lovely conversation. I'm leaving it all in people because I, I like talking to people about different things. And this, um, was a, a success in my opinion. If you guys want to go see that movie, I'd say recommend it's playing in theaters right now and, uh, rediscover the other ones. If you haven't watched them in a while, cause they're, they're really, really a fun watch in my opinion. And lots of other folks opinions. There are a reason why they're classics and, uh, they play really well and you get Paul Williams in the last one. <laughs> That's always fun. And, um, yeah, that's all. I'll leave you guys. Uh, Suzanne, tell the folks where they can find you on the social medias. Um, you can find me at Fly01 on the Twitter. And uh, just send me a friend request on Facebook. It's really hard to miss me. And uh, if you're lucky, I'll probably say yes. <laughs> uh, Gil, where can they find you, man? Uh, I'm available on xvideos.com forward slash Tracy Lords. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't watch 99% of the videos on that page, probably. <laughs> uh, Gil Rokitansky on the Twitters, and I'm really easy to find on Facebook, and bodaciousshorror.co.uk. Yeah. Will's where they find you, man? You can find me on my Twitter page, Nasty Will DC. You can fo- find me on the Terror Troop Facebook page, like us, and our um, Terror Troop web page, and... Follow me on my Facebook page, Willis Wheeler, so you can see all my podcasts and exploits and all other crazy shit I post. Yeah, you can find me on Twitters at uh, at GW. You can find me on the, the Cinema Beef uh, group page. You can find me on the Bird and the Beard uh, page on, on Facebook. Please listen to that show. Emily is a wonderful co-host who's much better than myself. Um, I mean, that's uh, pretty much it. Find me on Facebook and I will... Uh, Accept your friend request at Gary Hill. And uh, that's about it for the apes. And uh, always remember, here at the Civ Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. Especially if you're an ape sympathizer.
but you die not playing. See you guys later. You treat me just as if I were a monkey in a cage. Your friends all think it's clever, they think it's the latest rage. They point at me behind my back and say, now ain't that cute? But when you get home tonight, you'll find your monkeys flew the coop. And I'll be walking the dog, living high on the hog. Blowing, going, roaring every night. You'll find me strutting my stuff. Yes, I'll be cutting a rug. Don't wait up, cause your monkey won't be home tonight. Suits your fancy is what you think I should do. Jump up and down, turn round and round, and then jump through the hoop. That I should swing from limb to limb so everyone can see. Well, I may do some swinging, but it won't be from a tree. And I'll be walking the dog, living high on the hog. Blowing, going, roaring every night You'll find me strutting my stuff Yes, I'll be cutting a rug Don't wait up cause your monkey won't be home tonight Don't wait up cause your monkey won't be home tonight